Welcome back, everybody. You're listening to the Level Ground Podcast. I'm your host, Grayson Seegers, and here we are, episode two. Um, if you listened to our first episode and you're, you're coming back, we're glad you're back. If you're tuning in for the first time, well, maybe you'll enjoy it and come back and listen to the next episode. Um, last week, we discussed uh, about what the middle ground was and how we need to witness to people and everything like that. And, and we've got now a new episode for you, and uh, we hope you'll enjoy it. Um, but we began to, to study and to look into something, and and honestly, we, we've we noticed a trend in this day and time, and what this trend is is a word you hear a lot, uh, a word that, you run across just about every week you hear of another person having this one word. And what this one word is, is cancer. And basically, we all know that, that cancer is the division of cells and they, they split up and they, they form a sickness that can kill you. And it seems like the more we go on, the more we hear that this one's got cancer. That one's got cancer. This one died of it. That one died of it. This one's getting treatments. And, and it seems like everything around us causes us to get cancer. Um, and if you look and you compare the two, cancer's an awful lot like the fall of man. Um, the fall of man, you had what was perfect and what was seemed to be great and, and put together, all of a sudden man separated from that creation that God had given him in the garden. And they, if you'd have it, they were a division of cells took place amongst them. And they were separated from God because of sin. And we all know and understand if cancer is bad enough or any cancer, if you, if you leave it untreated, it'll kill you. And sin is no different, and that's why we've titled this episode Spiritual Cancer. Now, for a little history class, if we're going to talk about spiritual cancer, we've talked about cancer, we need to talk about sin and what sin is. Now, the Greek word... Hamartano is the Greek word for sin. And really that's what, in our King James Version Bible, that's what it was transliterated into uh, was sin. But if you look and you find that word sin, what it was transliterated from, what it was transliterated into, it means to miss or to miss the mark or to be mistaken. Now, they would use that and and when they took and they transliterated all these terms from the Greek and the Hebrew, they come into sin, S-I-N, or sin, S-Y-N. And they originated in archery and literally refer to missing the gold at the center of the target. So when these men would go and they would compete in archery tournaments or they would be training uh, maybe to be an archer in the military of some, in some capacity, 
when they drew back to hit their target and they were aiming for the gold dot in the center, if they missed that mark, they would yell, sin. And that's where it originated from. Why they yelled it was because they literally missed the mark that they were trying to hit. And quite simply put, that's what sin is, is missing the mark. Last episode, we talked an awful lot about sin in people's lives and and how to witness to those people who have sin in their lives. Um, But also, we mentioned about being saved. And in order to understand a little bit of salvation, you've got to understand a little bit of what you're being saved from. Now, we've looked and we've seen this, and we've got to realize here that... um, that sin was not something that we done from the beginning. Sin wasn't something that we can help. When God created Adam and Eve in the garden, he put them in a perfect environment without sin and placed them there and, and, and give them one job to do, and that was to tend the garden. And he gave them one rule, and it was not to eat of this forbidden tree uh, I believe it's the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And so Eve went and the serpent or the devil came to her and beguiled her and tempted her with that fruit. And she took of it and she ate of it and then gave it to Adam, her husband. And when he took it, bit into it, sin entered into their lives and they realized that they were sinners and they realized that they were naked. And that is what we call the fall of man. That's when Eden was done away with, was no more. That's when the perfect life for man that God had intended to to begin with was no more. And now we're left with a fallen creation. And because of that fallen creation, you can even look in the Bible and you can see the different things. Uh, uh, For men, um, it talked about how that they would have to work by the sweat of their backs. And among other things, and you look at women, and women would have to have pain in childbirth, among other things. And then you look in the earth and the earth around us, and there's things that happen in the earth. And um, how that we have briars, thistles, and weeds, that's all part of the curse God has placed on the world because of sin and sin entering in to man. And it wasn't because God didn't make his creation perfect because he did, but he gave us a free will choice to do good or to do bad. And, of course, man chose to do bad. I believe Job said he was born in sin, and in sin did his mother conceive him. We have no choice but to be born in sin. We have no choice but to be sinners by nature. And because we're all sinners by nature, we all need a Savior to save us from that sin. Sin will send you straight to hell. And the only way to escape hell is to be saved by the grace of God. Now, the next three, four, five episodes, we're going to dive into maybe what exactly salvation is. Um, But we'll call this first episode maybe in this. We'll call it spiritual cancer, and we'll talk solely about what we're being saved from, uh, what caused us to need to be saved. 
Um, if you look, the Bible says that all unrighteousness is sin, and there is a sin not unto death. That's First John five seventeen, and so that just lets you know. Well, you might be saying, "What am I doing? That sin? I don't feel like I do anything that bad. I've never killed nobody. I've never, uh, I've never smoked dope. I've never done this, that, or the other." That necessarily doesn't matter. Well, it does not matter at all because you just heard it in the Bible. It says that all unrighteousness is sin. Nothing good that I've done, nothing good that you've done. We could try our very best to do everything we need to do to be a good person, but there will come a day where we still have sin. Uh, one day later, we'll probably get into the seven deadly sins. But you can you can think of just a few. The Bible talks about how that uh, gluttony is a sin. The Bible talks about uh, how even lying is a sin. And I guarantee you, every one of us at some point or another has lied. Whether it was to our mom and daddy when we were little, or as it was as we got older, we told a little white lie and thought nothing about it. Every single man, woman, boy, and girl has lied. We're all guilty of sin. And that that begs the question, well, who has sinned? What makes us all guilty of that? And the Bible plainly tells us, uh, uh, Paul wrote in the book of Romans, and he said, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. That's Romans 3.23. And then Isaiah even went on to say, but we are all as an unclean thing. And all our righteousness are as filthy rags. And we all do fade as a leaf. And our iniquities, like the wind, have taken us away. Now, this is a deep, deep well. And there's a lot of knowledge you can draw, not only from this verse in Isaiah, but but also in the book of Romans and in, in this verse in Romans. But you look primarily at what Paul wrote in the book of Romans, where he said, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And it was, it's probably the most simple verse defining who is a sinner. We all are. He was telling the church at Rome, there's not one of you that's better than the other, and there's not one that's done better, and they're, they're more righteous than the other because we've all sinned and come short. Just because I'm a preacher, just because uh, I'm at church every Sunday, just because um, maybe I, I do this or that, does not mean that I'm any more righteous than anybody else in the world. And if you're listening to this and you've never stepped foot in a church, I want to assure you that there are church folk out there that may act like they are more righteous than you are, but their righteousness is as filthy rags. Just like Isaiah said, and even Paul said, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Even the church folk that might act like they are so perfect in the world and they're out there, and it's sad to say, and we all know if we've been around church, there's some out there that, that act like they are are the top of the line. They've lived the life the best that they could, and, and they want everybody to know it. But all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. They had to be saved out of their sins too, just like I had to be saved out of mine, you have to be saved out of yours. And that lets us know that not one's better than another. You look at what Isaiah said, and he said, but we are all as an unclean thing. Now, you've got to realize and know that Isaiah was a Jew, and 
of course, Jewish tradition told and the Jewish law told them what unclean things were. And, and we'll just use, for example, they weren't allowed to be around pigs, be around pork at all. And that was considered an unclean thing. And, and I'm just being honest, I could not be a Jew because I like bacon too much. But it was still an unclean thing for them at that time. And Isaiah's saying to the children of Israel that we are all as an unclean thing. We're all dirty. Then he goes on to say, and our righteousness is as filthy rags. No matter how righteous you think you are, no matter how wonderful you think you are and how much good you think you've done, that righteousness that you have is still as filthy rags. Why? Because it'll never measure up to the Lord Jesus Christ and what He done for us. His sinless nature and Him being perfect, He was without sin and He had perfect righteousness. But the Bible even says in one place that there is not one righteous. No, not one. Even though we think we are, the only thing righteous in us is Jesus Christ if He saved us from our sin. Isaiah also went to say, and we all do fade as a leaf, and our iniquities like the wind have taken us away. What he's saying is now because of sin, we all die. Sin brings forth death. Henceforth, while we call it spiritual cancer. If it goes untreated, death is coming your way. And you look, and he's saying we fade as a leaf as time goes on. We begin to shrivel up, and we begin to to turn and to die, and eventually we will fall. And the wind would come and would take us away. And then you look on, and, and this brings the next question up, and we touched on it just a second ago, and maybe jumped the gun just a tinge. But if you look at this, and and it brings up the next question, what does sin cause? The Bible says in James 1.15, Then when lust hath conceived, it bringeth forth sin, and sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth death. So, to understand why sin is killing us, how it's working, how it's doing it, and the best that we can, we've got to look at this verse that James pinned down and he's saying the lust when it hath conceived so basically when you've looked at something you've said well I want to have that and I want that to be mine or I want to do this to make me look better and you've thought it and you've thought about doing these things that's what we could consider lust in this situation and it conceives and it bringeth forth sin if it gets big enough we will commit a sin. And sin, when it is finished, when you've committed it, it bringeth forth death. It will put you to death. It will kill you, literally kill you. This is why, quite simply, we can say that sin is a spiritual cancer brought on by the fall of man, and if left untreated, it will bring a spiritual death. 
And, you know, so many times we think about these people that's in the world and, and they've got all these different types of cancers, all these different types of treatments. And, and you want to try to find the cure for cancer. People for years have been saying, well, we're going to do a fundraiser to find the cure for cancer. And we all wish that they could. I wish that they could find the cure for cancer. I wish that they could let us all know what we could do. Maybe there's some secret formula to cure this. But the difference between a natural and a fleshly cancer and a spiritual cancer is that there is a cure for sin. And the Bible says in 1 John 2, chapter 1 and 2, or 1 John chapter 2, verses 1 and 2. My little children, these things write I unto you, that ye sin not. And if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. And he is the propitiation for our sins, and not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. Jesus died on the cross so that every man, woman, boy, and girl could be saved from sin and not have to die because of this spiritual cancer. You look back at God's chosen people, the Jew, and you see how that they were given opportunity after opportunity after opportunity to do good and to do right, and they kept messing it up. And they would constantly have to go, and they would have to bring a sacrifice and lay it on the altar, and they had to follow these certain steps and do it right, and even some of them didn't even do it right, and when they'd done it, they were punished for that. Well, it sounds like God was being awful mean to them. No, it, it doesn't. It, they were given strict instructions to follow, and they couldn't follow them. And so Jesus Christ came into the world, not to condemn the world, not to say all of y'all are sinners and y'all all deserve death, but the Bible says in John chapter 3 and verse 16, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth on Him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. He sent His Son into the world to save it, to give His life as the supreme sacrifice so that men, women, boys, and girls, so that you, so that I, so that everybody listening Everybody that's ever walked the face of the earth and everybody that will walk the face of the earth can be saved. And he died not only for just mine, not only for the church folks, and I, I really want to drive this home, not just for the church folks, for the people that go every Sunday, but for everybody. I had a conversation with some boys that I work with. And they had maybe like a little different view on some things concerning the Bible, concerning creation. And I finally, I sat there and we had talked about it, but finally I sat there and I decided I would say this. And this is my heart and this is how I feel. You can believe everything in the Bible different from me. You can believe everything Contrary to what I believe and what I feel like the Bible says and what the Bible does say. But at the end of the day, and this is my heart and this should be all of our hearts, that it doesn't matter what an individual believes as far as this or that or the other. 
as long as before they leave this walk of life, they are saved by the grace of God. That ought to be our driving force. That ought to be our heart's desire that everything we do, not only do we do to honor and to glorify God, but we also do it so that lost men, women, boys and girls might be saved. Even though I was a pastor's kid, and you heard it in the episode before, and and even though I was brought up in church church and I was raised in church, it still took people praying for me and laboring for me and Jesus Christ dying for me. And then I had to go to Jesus and cry out unto him and ask him to save my soul so I could escape that awful place called hell. And it says in, in 1 John chapter number 2, it said that he died to be the propitiation for our sins. Well, what does that mean? It, it quite simply means that he died to be the price that was paid. He died to be what paid your sin debt. He, you didn't know him, but he knew you. And I believe that he looked ahead in time and he saw everybody that would ever come into the world and everybody that ever would. And he's seen each one of us. And he loved us enough that he give his life for us. He, just like us, had a free choice, a free will choice to make. Whether he wanted to throw his hands up and say, well, that's it, I'm, I'm done, I, I'm not going to give up my life for these people, they're sorry, and, and he could have very well done that. But he didn't. Why? Because he loved us. And he knew that there was something better. And you might be asking yourself, well, does that mean that he died and he can save every sin? Quite simply, you can say yes, but really if you get into it, no. He died to save every sin but one, and there's only one sin that's unforgivable. One sin that no matter how hard you try, no matter what you do, no matter how good of a life you lived, if you commit this sin, you'll never be forgiven. It says, Wherefore I say unto you, all manner of sin and blasphemy shall be forgiven unto men, but the blasphemy against the Holy Ghost shall not be forgiven unto men. That's Matthew chapter 12 and verse 31. Now you can look and you can begin to say, well, he's a hypocrite. No. He's not a hypocrite. He's not an Indian giver. He wasn't planning on giving his life and then saying, well, I give my life for you, but I want to save you from every sin, but this one right here, you're going to commit and I'm going to send you to hell. Jesus Christ, God, has not sent a single person to hell. We've done it on our own accord. And it's our own fault that we've sent ourselves to hell. Why? Because of this one sin. Blasphemy against the Holy Ghost. And what that is, is quite simply turning the Lord away. 
when he bids you to be saved, when you feel him speaking to your heart, wanting to save you, if you turn that away, you will go to hell. And turning the Lord away and turning him away is, is like saying, I don't want you, I don't want to have no part with you, I don't want to be around you, and then there you are. You're stuck without Jesus Christ, without a hope in this world. The Bible said if we had a hope in this world only, we'd be of all men most miserable. My hope's not in this world, but because I was saved one day as a 12-year-old boy, I have a hope. I have a blessed hope that I've got a home in heaven. There was a time in my life where I was ready and I was willing and able to turn the Holy Ghost away, to ignore the Holy Ghost. And he gave me multiple opportunities and multiple opportunities. But there's going to come a day where if it's happening to you that he's come and he's tried his best to, uh, to deal with you, to deal with you, and to deal with you, and you've took and you've blasphemed against the Holy Ghost and you've turned him away, and it'll be too late. You'll either die and go by the grave, or he'll come back. And if he comes back, or if you die and you don't have a testimony and you have not received Jesus Christ as your Savior, I'm not talking about saying maybe what somebody else has said. I'm not talking about maybe some man over there has uh, told you to sign a card and that's going to be that you're saved. Or, or somebody has told you to, to pray this and you've prayed it, and you just prayed it because somebody told you to. But I'm saying you have a personal relationship. You and God got that thing worked out. Preacher, are you saying that I can't be saved from repeat, repeating a prayer? Well, you can if your heart's in the right place. When your heart begins to cry out unto God, as you're praying something, as maybe somebody's saying, well, hey, you say this. If your heart is crying out and it means it genuinely, I believe with all of my heart you can be saved. But at the end of the day, it doesn't matter how you get there. All that matters is that one day you find yourself in that place. Now, this may be a short episode, and we may get on out of here and try to land this plane here in a minute, but... If you deny God and His power, you'll find that hell will be your home. That's why that we have a spiritual cancer, that sin being this spiritual cancer and sin being this thing that, that slowly kills us as time goes on, there's going to come a day that if this goes untreated in your life, that you will die. And I want you to have life unspeakable, joy unspeakable, and full of glory. I want you to have life everlasting. And there's a cure for the sin in your life, whatever it may be. There's a cure for that. You don't have to be miserable forever. Call on the name of Jesus Christ, and He will save you. You can be cured from this spiritual cancer that you have. And you won't have to worry that you've got a diagnosis and you've got, uh, maybe if you put it this way, you've got a death sentence. You won't have to worry that you've got a death sentence anymore because 
you'll have life everlasting. And yes, there'll come a day where you're laid in the ground and this old body, this old robe of flesh is laid in the earth. But you'll have a home in heaven where your soul will go and to spend eternity. And your, your soul will only go one of two places, heaven or hell. By way of recap, and, and maybe we'll try to land this plane and, and we'll close up shop. Everybody is a sinner. Nobody's righteous. Nobody's righteousness is better than the other because it's all as filthy rags. Because of our ancestors, Adam and Eve, and the fall of creation then, has caused us all to be sin sick. And we've all got this condition and there's nothing we can do to fix it on our own. But there is a remedy. There is a cure. And that's Jesus Christ. He died so that you might live. That's it this evening for the Level Ground Podcast. Um, Be sure to look and to reach out and maybe to jump in to... Our social media platforms, we're on Facebook and Instagram. If you'll look up the Level Ground Podcast, I'm sure you'll be able to find us there. Look on the Podbean website, Podbean app, look up levelground.22. You'll be able to find a list of all of our podcast episodes and also be able to uh, follow us and to subscribe. And wherever you find us, follow and subscribe to us. You can email us at levelgroundpod22 at gmail.com. And if any of you need a Bible, reach out to us. We'll send you a Bible. That's it for the Level Ground Podcast. Stay grounded, my friends.